SAFM leading the conversation. The viewpoint, eight to ten p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songezo mapete on SAFM. I was looking at his picture and he came across very handsome as opposed to beautiful Mr. Atlehang Molefa. I beg your pardon for referring to you as Miss. Mr. Atlehang Molefa, postgraduate student and debate at the Witt School of Governance. So good evening. Thank you so much and a thousand apologies for getting your pronoun wrong. Uh, you actually got it wrong. My pronoun is she, um, but that's okay. I've just had a conversation with Kanya. Uh, it's probably just the voice and the picture, but the pronoun is she. I beg your pardon for that, and thank you so much then, Mr. Molefa. First no things problem. first, what do you say in relation to, well, I suppose it's, it's, it's proper that we start and just send our regards to Minister Mkiz. I think in the last year he has more than proven that he is the kind of civil servant who, when deployed with the necessary support, can do something for the government, which many South Africans can identify with, in relation to his stellar work, in relation to handling as best as he can with, of course, the persons supporting his office at local level, at provincial level, as well as national level. He has now contracted the virus corona. Of course, it's not necessarily deadly, but it is cause for concern nonetheless. Doctor, as well as the wife, Dr. Mkiza, your thoughts? Um, I think it's the news because I think he disclosed his status yesterday, um, especially as someone who's been working tirelessly to make sure that we get information about COVID-19. I think it's really, really sad to also just receive the news. Um, but I do think that it's important to understand that as someone who has been working so hard, it means that he also had to meet up with other people, like he mentioned on um, the interview yesterday, that meeting up with other people could also be the reason why he has been able to contact the virus. But I do think that, like, um, and I hope that he's going to recover from the virus, and um, we really do value his work as the minister, of, as someone who's been working tirelessly to ensure that uh, people are well informed about the COVID-19 and the state and the statistics of South Africa that also just disclose the number of people who have recovered from the virus and the number of people who have been infected with the virus. This is probably a good time just to have a word with South Africans and just again confirm that, first of all, we are not over the pandemic, not by a long shot. There shall be a second wave if it is not upon us already. Examples of what are taking place currently in the Northern Hemisphere, where the numbers are starting to look scary again, all but confirms that South Africa, no less, is not out of the woods. The same precautions one took into the national lockdown of March and the kind of, if you like, being proper and methodical in taking good care around COVID-19 is the same behavior that might help us in dealing with the second wave now, especially as we head into the proverbial silly season of summer? Uh, I think it's that's very important to note because at this point, uh, people are very apathetic. Uh, people just think that because the, we're no longer on level five of lockdown, but we've now moved to level one, then it automatically negates the fact that the virus is still there. What is the biggest concern? Because what the, in, what the when we when the minister decided to open level one and people started to go out, we also saw a spike of like COVID nineteen cases, and this also places the South South Africa at a very um, dangerous position because it means that we can anticipate the second wave as, as we've seen in other countries that have been able to recover. And I do think that because it's important to also value the amount of work that has been done to inform people and to also ensure that we're able. 
do think that it's also still important to have that conversation with people and that they don't take this opportunity for granted and that we should anticipate the level two. And with that level of anticipation, it's also as important to make sure that we are well prepared and that we're taking all of the measures to ensure that level two does not happen. Hashtag Weekend Wrap on SAFM Viewpoint. My name is Songa Zomapetle, together with the guest of this evening, Mr. Atlehang Mulefe, postgraduate student and debater at the Witz School of Government. The time is now 25 past Witz School of Governance, I beg your pardon. The time is now quarter past. We haven't too much time left of this, 15 to be precise. 891 please do give us a call and contribute. Let's go to the Zonda Commission of Inquiry. It's getting political by the day. Malema Shibambu financial records and statements are being sought by the Zonda Commission. Let's forget the commission and the terms of reference for a second. Politically, what does this all mean from the narratives that you have seen? Um, I think in a democratic system, it's very important to understand that it also um, checks and balances are also part of part of the principles and holding people to account. And the fact that in the Zondo Commission, they have called upon Malema and Shivambu and they're interrogating the two of the ESF leaders, this is to simply show that there's a link um, there's a link that this a point that links them back to Shivambu and Malema, and this is why in the state capture it's very important to also make sure that we interrogate and prosecute or even hold to account individuals that link to the state capture, and in better understanding that in a democratic system where like state captures also just corruption and just a crime, um, I think that it's important to punish those individuals, and if there's a link that. Uh, that is in connection to Malema and Shivambu, I do think that it's important to interrogate and hold them to account um, for that. So the investigation is largely very important because it's also tied to the uh, VBS bank. Um, I do think that maybe interrogating and making sure that those financial institutions and those financial records are also uh, looked at and and to make sure that we're able to hold them to account or to also institute part of the democratic principle, which is to ensure checks and balances. And also, Senator, you are mispronounced. So my pronoun is she. Um, it's not he. You're still like making the same mistake. Mr. Atlehang Olefe, I have tried it's my best. M- miss. Is it Miss or Mr.? It's Miss. Miss? Yes. Okay, I beg your pardon. I've been told yes, Miss, now I've been told Mr. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to your first name, please, Atlihanga. I beg your pardon for all of that. In fact, let's just take a short ad break, please, just to get something okay. clarified yes. offline. I beg your pardon for all of this. Call Songhez or now. 0891-104-207. I beg your pardon for that. I am in conversation with Ms. Atlehang Molefe, postgraduate student and debater at Witt School of Business, who confirms to me his pronoun is he. Let's work with what we have then, ladies and gentlemen. The privatization. President Ramaphosa focuses on Prasa and privatization of railway routes. Your thoughts on that and how potentially it might be the stimulus that the economy needs? Privatization in a country like South Africa is almost impossible because we need to understand that with privatization also comes the increase of prices. And I do think that we need to look at the target market or the individuals that use railway most of the time. And those are people who don't necessarily have the financial means to afford any kind of transportation. And I do think that with what can be what we can be able to do is to simply regulate um, um, PRASA because I do think that the management and the administration at PRASA hasn't done any sort of justice 
Um, it has been largely both had many complaints about corruption. So I do think that privatization is not an ideal world, um, an ideal, uh, something that's ideal, especially in a country like South Africa, um, because if we need to um, ensure that there's like access to transportation, and especially the kind of transportation that's affordable to like a large group of people or a huge demographic, then it's important for us to understand that privatization is not ideal. What we can simply do is to regulate and make sure that we're able to work on the administration and the functioning of PRASA as an institution, as opposed to resorting to privatization as the alternative. Because with privatization comes higher prices, and it means that we're not necessarily going to be to ensure that it's accessible to a lot of people. But the other biggest conversation is that when you privatize some. Thing. It simply means that you're able to give people high, like, quality service. And I do think that's not necessarily true um, because that has also been an idea that when you privatize, you make it, like, more efficient. But I do think that looking at accessibility, I think it's also still very possible for us to regulate the institution as opposed to privatizing it and making it um, inaccessible to a dem- demographic of individuals. Sakile and Durban, good evening. Thank you for calling. Your thoughts, please, on hashtag The Weekend Rap. And I invite many others like Sakile who are itching to contribute away. 891 That's the number to dial on The Viewpoint. WhatsApp voice notes, 0614-104-107. Keep them short under a minute and make sure there's no ache in the background. That's the rule. It will always be the rule. Sakile, good evening. Yes, and your guest. Um, Senegal happened, and yeah, we had um, a lot of people saying that in South Africa there are rise in, in, in race tension. You know, that is not true at all. South Africa has always been like this, and we are just in denial. What we need here is a deliberate attempt to make social upward mobility of black people to be more common, not an exception what is currently happening now. As long as you still have a lot of black people living in poverty, some are indebted middle class, then we're not going to make any racial unity progress. Forget it. You know, it's just a, a song that's not going to happen anyway. Because now you have, you know, elites, and then you have a big elite, and then you have a very tiny middle class, and then you have the rest of us. They understand. So people mustn't focus on specific issues and and forget about the real problems. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you so much. Appreciate your thoughts there. KGM is in the country. It's been something like two to three months. KGM, good evening. First things first, are you well and good? <laughs> I'm well and good. Good evening to you, Songa. So good evening to your guests and to the listeners. It, it, is, it is important sometimes to just sit and listen. Um, the same as, as sitting and observing. So I sometimes prefer to do that. Very well. <laughs> thank you very much for calling. Yeah, thank you. Um, Songa, <clears throat> we we are a, a society, we are a country, we are a nation that has been reincarnated, if you like, re-established, reinvented on the false basis at many fronts. Um, when you listen to the president, for instance, speech after speech, delivering 
what would become a a popular rhetoric and and what comes after in terms of how we receive such speeches how we we without testing our constitution we quickly said it was the best in the world without knowing best for who and how for me that tells me that we we still don't know what the mantra that makes us as a society as a people when we we turn around and we say um, violence is something mm. that is new crime is something that is new the corruption is something that is, it it really tells me that we we need to do a lot of introspection sure i just wanted to raise that up fantastic appreciate that let's go to sabelo in durban wonderful thoughts there kgm sabelo in durban good evening thanks for calling us afm hi um show if i'm audible indeed you are Okay, thank you so much. I wanted to, first of all, make a comment on Prasa. Um, I think we, we have become almost, we've adopted a phobia against privatization, yet um, when you think about the entire concept of an SOE, is a mix between a, a public and private. Uh, it, 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 in, by their nature, SOEs, are supposed to have a, a, an, a, a supposed to be an extension of government while not exactly being government, they're an entity of government. And where we, we struggle, I think, is um, if our oversight is poor, meaning civilian oversight, parliament and so and, and other entities that are supposed to look out for our interest in relation to the entities which are an extension of government, if that is poor, then we should look at other models which will assist us to have a, a, a better service. And privatization with a mixture of regulation can assist us to get to that point. I, I just think we have the phobia in that, in that regard. And then secondly, my last comment, it is very difficult to have race relations which benefit a certain group, yet when, um, when the other group complains, um, it is seen as lawlessness. I think that on an everyday basis, it takes a lot for a, a black South African to be a law-abiding citizen. And whenever we, 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 we lose our minds, it's whenever we see black majority be, uh, uh, showing sense of lawlessness, either in protests or in that regard. And I think we need to maybe just step back a bit and think about what it actually takes for a person who has received a very poor standard of education, has got very little chance of being successful in life, how much it takes for such a person to be a law-abiding person. I've got you there. And we, we very quickly judge that person whenever they say, this system just isn't working for me. Let's and leave it there. Thank you so much, Sabela. Much appreciated. Let's go to the voice note that we have, and then we will give an opportunity to Atle Hang Molefe, postgraduate student and debater at Witz School of Governance. Hi, good evening, Songes. You know, Songes, we've run out of words, really, um, in regard to corruption that is taking place in South Africa. You see, words fail us, really, unfortunately. We don't know what to say. On one hand, we've got Zondo Commission, a lot of corruption, state capture, on the other hand, we've got the collapse of the state-owned entities.
everything is collapsing. Where are we heading for? Yo, thank you. It's William Christian. Thank you so much, William Christiana, and all the callers who participated. Sakile KGM Sabelo in that particular order. Your thoughts, Atlehang? Um, I just want to start with Sabelo, um, especially the conversation about state-owned enterprises, because I think that there's always been a huge debate about state-owned enterprises, because they are an extension of the state and the entity of the state, to be precise. So it does mean that poor oversight will ultimately lead to um, poor administration and not necessarily anyone to hold like the people in positions of power to account for why the institution of oppressive as an institution is failing. So I do think that it's very important to understand that when something is an extension of the state, it doesn't necessarily negate the fact that a state has an obligation to ensure that there's oversight and that they can always hold the institution to account and to make sure that it runs effectively and efficiently. And I do think that when something is an extension of the state, which like you also mentioned, like state-owned enterprises, they don't fail because um, there isn't some sort of institution to make sure that they run effectively, but they fail because of like poor management and poor oversight coming from the government. So I do think that a world in which a government is able to ensure that there's oversight and to hold those institutions to account, we can have state-owned enterprises running um, efficiently in South Africa. And responding to the second uh, question or like a comment that KG gave us about the constitution, it's important to do note that we have the best constitution um, in the world. Um, the only problem is making sure that we're able to execute the principles on the constitution. And this is why with, with like failure to execute those principles, then also it ultimately uh, negates the fact that we have the best constitution in the world. So I do think that in terms of a constitution that allows up to, to that that makes sure that there's a, a system um, that holds those people to account, especially like in the Zondo Commission, um, I do think that we're able to make sure that we execute those principles. And part of those principles is making sure that there's checks and balances, which the investigation or the Zondo Commission is also part of executing the principles of like uh, the constitution or the democratic system of South Africa. And also just responding to the last comments about the racial uh, tension, um, I, I do think that the, like South Africa is a racialized society, and because of the, the apartheid system, it has been incredibly difficult for uh, us to move past that, uh, to move past the apartheid system. But more so, I do think that they haven't been, we haven't gotten to a level in which um, we're able to solve the racial tension, and I don't think that we're ever going to get to that point. Um, the problem with growing up in a racialized society is that we're starting to understand race and how it affects different individuals and how it affects a specific demographic, which means that you're always going to find white, white people holding positions of power. You're always going to find white people having a better standard of living as opposed to other races. And this is why it's very important to understand that the issue of race is always going to affect the South African context. And if we don't decide to work on it and ensure that we're able to give everyone an equal platform on equal footing, we're always going to have a problem of racial tensions happening and we're always going to have a problem of having black people living in poverty where else you have white people occupying positions of power and living a better off life as opposed to any other race in the South African context. 
Fantastic then, Atlehang Molefa. Thank you so much for your thoughts. Postgraduate student and debater, Vitz School of Governance. They're giving us the weekend wrap, focusing on the health of Dr. and Dr. Mkiza. That's the Minister of Health and the wife to the Minister of Health. Malema Shibambu is on the commission. Well, they would say the noose is tightening, but it may prove to be a false alarm altogether, and I would hate to throw in my subjective thoughts on that, as well as the fact that Minister Begitele is set to be investigated by the Commission. The terms of reference are broad enough as public representatives. They certainly are in the net, if you like, of the terms of reference of the Zonda Commission of Inquiry. Conversation potentially of public-private partnerships as we look towards the privatization of rail routes, particularly with a strong focus in Gauteng and the Western Cape, where the primary focus is, and possibly on the existing network, getting in other third parties on the railway network. That is important as well, of course. We didn't quite touch on the municipal elections that are taking place next year and the fact that the ANC has released new guidelines for councillor lists, but be very sure we will touch on this very soon, if not for an extended and protracted period of time, as we canvass the elections and engage the parties on their respective manifestos. Right now, though, this conversation is over and in with the new hashtag World Food Program, food for all through resilient food and nutritious systems. A conversation after the break with Mrs. Tamom Zobe, CEO of the National Development Agency.